You're listening to the Molly's Place Podcast. Welcome to a very special edition of the Molly's Place Podcast. Guys, tonight a very special guest, the other number one woman in my life, my mama. There's just some questions that need to be asked and need to be answered. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey guys, before we get into this week's episode, I'd just like to let you know that this interview was conducted via Skype over my telephone and I had the phone up next to the mic. So there is a very piercing sound to this. It may get on your nerves. I apologize for this. There's really not much I can do about it. Uh, so just try to bear with it. And uh, thank you, guys. I hope you enjoy the episode. All right, guys. I want to welcome you guys to a special edition of the Mully's Place podcast. You know, there comes a time in every person's life where they have to realize that, well, you know, there's not too many summers left. And there's going to be a point where you're going to want to know things about your history. And who's the best person to ask but mom and dad, right? So tonight I have a special guest, my mom. Hi, mom. Mom? Yes. No, there we go. Hi, mom. Hi, James. How are you today? I'm good. All right. Well, mom, I want to thank you for doing this for me. You're welcome. Okay, 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 okay. All right. Are you hearing me okay? I can hear you fine. Okay. And we should be getting you okay. The levels seem to be all right. So, mom, I just, uh, I have a, you know, just a couple questions for you. If at any time you're not comfortable with something, just pass. Certainly. Okay. And, but you know, I don't think there's anything that, that should be too, too, uh, too unnerving. Okay. Okay. So uh, the, the first thing I want to ask you is, uh, how did you meet my dad? Well, he was a neighbor. Mm-hmm. He lived, he lived two doors from us and, um, well, it's a long story. <laughs> well, well, just give us the condensed version. <laughs> so he, he okay. lived. He lived a couple. He lived down the down the street from you. He lived down the street from us, and um, he had a crush on me. And I wasn't allowed to date, so it was easy to sneak away and go to the movie theater with the with our friends, and he would be there, and <laughs> and um, so on. So that's that's how that happened. And I never really dated anybody else. Okay. Okay. Now, so it's, it's, uh, what year would this have been? Well, now let me think, uh, 42, 1958. I was 16. Okay. 1958. Wow. So even back in 1958, women say that the men had the crush. It's not the other way around. <laughs> so mom, uh, what, what? <laughs> it, could, it could have been the other way around. I just wasn't allowed to date and I wasn't really into to guys that much that wasn't my focus because i was so busy with other things sure now i have to ask you mom did you did you think dad was a good-looking guy yes he was very handsome yeah i think so i thought i thought he was too uh, it's a shame that yes. he, he passed away so young um yes but yeah I, I i think you've told me the story before about how you met but i want i wanted to get it on record Okay. okay, the next question, Mom, we're going to move, on, move away from that. Um, in what ways do you think that you and I are alike? Well, I think we're both outgoing. Mm -hmm. 
And I think maybe you got, although you have more of it, you have my comedic personality. <laughs> and I am pretty funny. we're both very aggressive and, mm-hmm. um, and tend to get focused on things and follow through mm. and a lot of interest in many different activities. It's like, there's nothing that doesn't interest me. We have a very curious nature. Right. I and, agree. And, um, you agree with that? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I remember, uh, very, go ahead. And you're very sensitive mm. and emotional. Like yes. I am. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll cry I at the drop, drop of the pen. Yeah. Right. Um, now, <laughs> mom, I don't want this to embarrass you or anything, but, uh, the first time, the first time that Tomoko met you, uh, we, we were in the, in, we were staying in Kentucky, visiting a, a friend's place and they let us borrow their apartment. And you remember that, uh, there was plenty of room. So you and Colin, Colin's my stepfather, everybody. Great, right. great guy. Love him more than the world. Um, you guys had, had come up to Kentucky and we all stayed in the apartment together. And that's true. This was the first time that Tomoko had met you. And yes. now guys, my stepfather, uh, how would you describe him, mom? He's very exacting. Um, oh, very, yes. very, very, cal- very calculated. Very care. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, but he speaks, he's, he doesn't speak quickly. No, not any, that's true. He doesn't. Right. I don't want to say he speaks slow because that sounds stupid. It's not that it's that he, he thinks about every word before he says it, but yet he has a great personality. Yes, he's very funny. yes, yes. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure. And he's very well spoken, very intelligent. <clears throat> Probably yes. one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. Um, yes, very educated. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> but but you know he he speaks slowly, and it can be irritating sometimes when you're in a hurry, right? Right. <laughs> and exactly. I think an, another quality that I get for you from you is my impatience. And exactly, we were we were getting ready to leave the apartment, and Colin was sitting in the chair, and you were standing up, and something was going on. We couldn't figure out what we were going to do, and you and Colin were kind of going back and forth about something. And Colin said, "Now, also, people, Colin's the type of person he does not get angry, right, That's Mom? That's true. He does not get angry, and he can't make a, he can't make a decision. <laughs> right, 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 right. So okay. he says to my mom, he says." What do you want me to do, Gene? And you said, I want you to shut the up and go get the car. And Tomoko started cracking up laughing. Sorry, we don't curse here. Um, Tomoko started cracking up laughing. She looked at me and she said, you are your mother's son. That's true. <laughs> okay. So we've got the things that we're alike. How do you think that I'm not like you? Well, I think you're not as spendthrifty as I very conservative when it comes to spending and saving money. You are. I want a deal. Mm. Even if I've got, if I've got $10,000 in, in my pocket and something costs a dollar, I'll want to get it for 50 cents. Right. Whereas I'll just That's throw the I, money at it. Yes. If you, and you <laughs> always wanted the best of everything. Yes. Do Can I tell a story? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. I remember when you were about 16, you wanted a new pair of gym shoes, tennis shoes, Mm -hmm. and jeans. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. 
so you wanted these special shoes. I don't know if they were real expensive shoes at the time. And your pants had to be Levi, mm-hmm. which at the time were very expensive. Levi's and, and Nikes. Said, Nikes probably. Probably. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I'm willing to take you over to this discount store. It was like Kmart mm-hmm. at the time and get you some pants be Levi or those name brand shoes because I'm not spending that kind of money on the, and you said, well, I'm not wearing those and I'll just do without first. And I said, fine, do without. And you did. <laughs> yeah, that that's me. You were very, very stubborn and I'm not, I'm not stubborn. Yes. I'm very hard headed. Yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, mom. Here's something. Now uh, you're gonna you're gonna you may have to think about this one. I I probably should have sent you this one ahead of time. Um, That's okay. Is there anything that you have always wanted to tell me but you never have? I can't think of anything. I think my life has always been an open book, mm. and I've never tried to keep things from you or your sister. Okay. Is okay. there anything that that you Wanted to know that you think I never told you? No, 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 no. Just wondering if there was anything there that, you know, if, you know, if there was anything there. Just, just curious. No, no. Okay, you know, if, if it comes up later, feel feel free to jump in on it. Okay. Okay. Um, next question: Is there anything that you regret not having asked your own parents? No, I don't think so. My. Um... My parents were very open mm-hmm. with me and my sister, and um, I think we had a very unusual family for the the time I grew up, the era I grew up in. We had a very close, loving family, and um, I, I think anything that I ever wanted to know, I would not have been uncomfortable asking about. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I find as I get older, there's a lot, you know, there, I guess there's a lot of gaps in the family history that I've been trying to fill in. Cause you and I have talked at length before about, you right. know, family members and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was just wondering, you know, I, I guess every generation goes through that. I was just wondering if you had gone through the same thing. Yeah. Well, one thing, my mother mm. had a very large family and they were all very close. They lived yeah. around as some of them lived. We had a apartment buildings and they lived or in a two-story family they lived with us or next door Mm. and we were together a lot and they used to sit and tell stories about their childhood so I knew a lot about things that went on in in their family and my past and sure um yeah there there are a, a lot of sisters I remember, yes. I remember going to the family reunions and, uh, everybody, I call my grandma, I call my grandma guy guy, which is my mom's mom. Uh, guy guy right. had Jesus. How she had must've had 400 sisters. How many sisters did she have? She had three sisters and four brothers. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, um, our family reunions were huge. And the thing was, everybody looked the same too, right? Everybody had the same face. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Except for me. Right. Right. All the sisters looked, looked like the same. And yeah. I guess uh, I guess all the sisters are gone, aren't they? They are. Uh, in fact, I think there's um, one 
there may be one brothers. I'm not even sure if there's one brother still alive now. Okay, I know Bill Cooper's still alive. Okay, he's the only one then. He's okay. the only one still. Okay, and he's 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 getting up there. You know, he's he's got to be getting close yes. to eighty, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, if he's not he more than eighty. He's he's about eighty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. Okay. Yes. And they all had long lifespans. Yeah. For, for the age, of, the era they grew up in. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Now, before we started this, and uh, what got this started was actually I had I had asked my mom a question like, "When did I start getting fat?" So. Right. Uh, mom, and and also, mom, you sent me a link the other night. And I meant to reply to you about that. You sent me a link the other night about uh, the A positive and A negative blood. That's true. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and what, you know, our, our situation, what happened with me? Well, um, apparently I'm O negative blood type. Oh, I'm sorry, O negative? I, o negative. Okay. And I know my father was AB negative, which is the rarest blood type in the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm O negative, which is the second, mm. second or third rarest only blood type that can be used for transfusions of any blood type. Okay. Is so O negative? It's O negative. And okay. it's very much in need. Mm -hmm. So um, I had to go to the, I went to the blood bank the other day to give blood because I found this out through a PBS um, station here, which is a public broadcasting station. Mm -hmm. And there was a on about negative blood types. And when I realized how how precious apparently my blood is, I went to the blood bank to give blood. Mm -hmm. And I found out a lot of information okay. that I never knew. In 1940 was when they discovered the, po the positive and negative uh, differences and that there was a negative blood type. Okay, and that's the year you were born. And no, that, you and were born 42. Born I'm sorry. 42. I was born in 42. That's right. Dad was 1940. Sorry. Yes. Then in 1968, mm -hmm. they found a product that could uh, save babies of a second pregnancy of mothers. Now, you were born in 1968. Yes. So when I was pregnant with you in 1967, uh, you were my second pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And they did not know that there was something that could help me save your life. Mm. Now, so according according to the article, the second pregnancy, uh, there are a lot of miscarriages and stillborns, and right. And hmm. this is because when the mother is first time when she gives birth, placenta releases blood from the baby into the mother and mixes with her blood. So now I was mixed with O positive plus A positive. I mean O negative plus A positive from your sister mm. which meant that when i had a second pregnancy my baby was going to be in real trouble but because, they didn't know it at the time because of the a because, positive blood because of the a positive because your so, o negative from getting exposed to kim's a positive had built up yes. antibodies and was fighting against it is that was exactly. it, is that the way did i read that correctly Correct. Okay. So, so now you're born, mm -hmm. and 
and you and I had a lot of trouble during my pregnancy with you. I was in the hospital three or four times, mm-hmm. almost lost you three or four times, and you were finally born uh, at eight months. So when you were born, the first day they wouldn't let me see you, and I didn't know why. And then the second day, the doctor came in and said you had this rare blood disease, which they didn't even know what the problem was. Mm-hmm. They just knew that you had this disease and that you were dying and you were also jaundiced, mm. which they thought might have been caused from my O-negative blood type. And that if I wanted anyone in the family to see you, I should call them to come in right away because they didn't think you would live through the rest of the day. Hmm. So whether it meant anything or not, when I called your paternal grandmother Mm -hmm. um, or she called everybody she knew in her church and they started praying. So, but the, and the other thing was when my sister and mother went to see you in the incubator, Mm -hmm. you had turned almost black Mm -hmm. and they panicked and told the doctor and then that's when they realized you were dying in fact they managed to give you oxygen and brought you to life oh jesus um by the time this is true but the time everybody got there which was in about two hours there was nothing wrong with you mm. so the doctor thought it was a miracle mm, thought it was a miracle he, oh. he thought it, he said you were a miracle baby Wow. And they had no idea why. We just assumed it was the, all the praying that helped. But today we understand. We don't understand why you lived. We have no idea. But he did say that if you lived, they didn't know if you would have any brain damage or not. Right. They thought I would be mentally so, retarded or. Right. Mm. So as you can see from that picture where I was holding you at Christmas time, mm-hmm. you uh, August, September, four months old, for the first six or eight months of your life, you just sort of hung. If somebody held you in their lap, your head, you just hung over from the waist down. Uh-huh. You never made any sounds. You never turned over. You didn't do anything. Mm. And then all of a sudden at 10 months, you started talking <laughs> and you started walking and it was like, where did this come from? And I haven't shut up since. <laughs> and you haven't shut up since. And you were always very bright. You had a memory. Um, I remember when you were in the first grade. Do you want me to tell you this story? Sure. Well, when you were in the first grade, you went to Grace Lutheran School. Mm-hmm. Both you and your sister were in a private Lutheran school. Mm-hmm. And uh, you came, the teacher called me and she said, you know, she said, James has to to learn these um, these uh, Bible, I'm not even sure what they were, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. The, name, the names of the books of the Bible, maybe? Right, names of the books of the Bible. Mm. And she said, we're having a test tomorrow, and and he doesn't know any of this. So I said, okay, I'll study with him. So I sit down with you. I gave you all that to read. You could read. Mm-hmm. And in about 15 minutes, you got up and you said, I'm finished. And I said, James, you couldn't possibly be finished with all that. <laughs> and and you said, yes, I am. And you started rattling them off. And you went through every one of them. I don't know how many there were, uh. 10 or 15. 
and it that's when we realized you had you could just read something and you remembered it yeah i'm still that way you're still that way yeah. and of course i tend to be that way but not as much as you mm. so then they did an iq test in fact you had this outstanding iq which was way over 135 it was uh, like, I don't know where he came from. Why did I waste it? I could be rich. Exactly. <laughs> I, could, I could be a millionaire but, right now. <laughs> but that's another thing. Some people are comfortable with um, with having a just a normal life, mm. which I am. I'm not high maintenance. I don't have to have a mansion to live in. I'm sure if I wanted to work 10 times harder... I could, but I would prefer to enjoy life and have things nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, mm. uh, then work super, super, super hard and have things astronomically wonderful. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm like you in that, in that respect. Exactly. Exactly. I'm happy. You know, I've got Tomoko. I've got you. I've got Opie. I don't need anything else. You know? Right. There are more things important mm. than having lots of money. Yeah, much, I agree. Yeah. Much, 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 much more important. Okay, so so we had the problem when I was born. Now, I'm going to ask you a question about this. Uh, I remember Dad telling me one time that when I was born, uh, basically what you had said, that uh, Mama had called had called all her church people, blah, blah, blah. And Dad had called Papa, my, my paternal grandfather, um, right. his father, called him. He was at work. And told him, if you want to see him while he's alive, you need to come now. So uh, Papaw came to the hospital. And what Dad tells me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Dad told me that Papaw looked through the window when I was in the incubator, and he said, oh, he's going to be fine. That's true. Okay. That's true. Okay. And, and then the doctor came in a little later and told me that they can't find anything wrong with you now. So, but they had done blood, blood tests before and you had this rare, uh, problem. I, I don't even know what the name of it is. I don't remember now. I should have written it down, but it all disappeared. Hmm. Interesting. Very. So, uh, one thing that I've told people you know, many times over the years is, you know, as big as I am. I was very small when I entered grade school. That's true. And I was like probably like the smallest boy in the class, correct? That's true. You were always small. And what happened? Well, and this gets us back to what about... I, you know, that's goes this goes back to what I asked you before before we started. You know, when did I start growing and getting fat and huge? Well, when you were about eight years old, mm. it seemed like every week or two, your clothes were too tight, mm -hmm. and I would have to get bigger sizes, and and you started really putting on weight. So after about a year, I took you to see a specialist mm -hmm. to have tests done to see if there was Thyroid anything going mm -hmm. on that, and I think... I think you probably had an adrenal gland problem or a thyroid problem, something indoctrinally mm -hmm. that was wrong that caused it. Because within another couple of years, you were like had doubled your weight. Sure. And and I think today, 
we had all the medical knowledge that we have today, I think they probably would have found something that was causing that mm. because that just isn't normal. Right. But I did everything I could and I tried to get you to stop eating so much, tried to put you on a, um, a diet, but it, it just never worked. You were like always hungry. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you ate so fast, like there was no food left for the next meal. <laughs> right, right, right. Not, not the next meal. This is your last meal. Right. And, um, and I'm still like that. I still eat really fast. Right. Mm. So it was an indoctrinate problem. And again, I think today, if we had the knowledge then that we have today, indoctrinally, I think they would find what it was. Mm. Well, you know, I'm also tall. Not, you know, not only fat, but I'm tall. And right. I'm much taller than dad was. Exactly. Dad was about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and I'm clocking in at about 6'1". So right, exactly. e even when I graduated high school, I was bigger than him. I know. Yes. And I probably, well, dad was probably, well, he was under 200 pounds. Wouldn't you say he's probably right around 200 pounds, maybe? Right. Now that's, it is, it is most. Right. When he was growing up, when, when we married and the entire time we were married, he was, he was maybe 170, 180 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Nice. He wasn't, wasn't a big guy at all. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah, and he used to, he had this this gray leather jacket, and I put it on, and he would say, you fat son of a bitch, you're going to stretch my sleeves out. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's funny. That's yeah, funny. so yeah, I was a lot bigger than him, and I, you know, that was... That was noticeable when I even when I graduated high school because I remember standing next to him being so much taller than him. Right, mm. and of course you have inherited some of that from your paternal grandparents' side because my mother, for a woman, was five seven, and her brothers were all six feet, sure. most of them or more. So you could have inherited that trait from them. Sure, and Papaw Mullins was tall too, right? I think he was probably close to six feet. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Very interesting. Very interesting. It is, isn't it? It is. Okay. So if we move forward, uh, well, well, actually move backwards a little bit. Do you remember a time when, well, you'd go to jail for this today, but you had run into the house to get something and I kicked the car into gear? Oh my God. I was just telling Colin that story the other day. Go ahead, Mom. Let him have it. Because we heard of something else like this happening. Well, you were about two years old, mm -hmm. and um, we lived on a little bit of a hill. Mm -hmm. And I had pulled down out of the driveway and started up the street and forgot something. So I pulled over in front of the house. So I was in front of our house but parked going the opposite way. Mm hmm Parked, parked with park. going up the hill. Parked going up the hill mm. in front of our house. And the back of the car, of course, was downhill. Mm -hmm. So at the time, it wasn't illegal to leave your child in a car. Right, right. So, and so I just said, oh, James, I forgot something. Wait, you just stay here and I'll be right back. So I ran in the house and I wasn't in there 10 seconds and somebody came running over to the house and said, your car's rolling down the hill. <laughs> and I and ran out, 
and the car had rolled down the hill two houses mm-hmm. and turned and went back across the street into somebody's house and of course broke the bricks mm-hmm. you know so i ran over to get you and you said that scared me to death the car started rolling and i just started driving <laughs> i said oh my god so you had gotten in the driver's seat standing mm-hmm. up you had to be mm-hmm. and pulled the car out of here and it rolled backwards and you knew you had to do something so you started turning the wheel probably to the right because you're right-handed and luckily you did that because then the car just backed up into the house yard across the street and hit the house wow <laughs> otherwise if it had gone straight down the hill it might have killed you that's Who knows? true that's true Wow, what, a, what an amazing life I've had. <laughs> You're right, and today I would have been put in jail. Right? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, well, you know, even uh, even you know, smoking in front of kids now, I mean, you're not even allowed to smoke in the car around children anymore, right? That's, that's true. Mm. And I can remember growing up, like our, our grandparents, a guy guy on your side, my, your mother and your father, uh, guy guy and papaw, they both smoked filterless Pall Mall cigarettes. And I can That's- I can picture Guy Guy sitting on the sofa. Uh, she had that tray on the floor with her ashtray sitting on top of it. Right. It was a cigarette stand. Right. 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 And she would and, yes. she would take a suck off that cigarette and then start spitting out the the little pieces of you'd, you'd hear. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, I'd forgotten about that. Right. Because the tobacco would get in your mouth. Right. And the wet. Uh, yeah, you'd hear that. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. Okay, um, Mom. So uh, let's move forward here just for a second. Um, okay. What is the best thing that I can do for you right now? Just take care of your health. Mm, okay. Yeah. We had a take we had a big your- we had a big scare this year. That's right. Hmm. But I have been very serious about this. And as you know, I've, I've, guys, I have called my mom. First thing when I come out of the, when I come out of the doctor's office is I go straight to Skype and I call my mom and let right. her, let her know the, the, uh, the outcome, the, the results of my, my, my tests. And, uh, you know, like I said, the, the doctor, you know, I can lie to people and say, oh, I'm, I'm taking care of my diet when I'm not really. Or I could be telling the truth and people just don't believe me. But at the end of the day, when I take those blood tests, the doctor knows exactly what I'm doing. That's very true. And, you know, I can tell you guys right now that at this last checkup that I had, when he got the results, he was just like, well, just keep doing what you're doing. Because everything was in perfect, perfect order. And he said, really, you don't need to come here every month anymore. But because it's been such a short time, it's only been three or four months, he says, I'd like to continue just a little longer. And I said, yeah, and, you know, I I think, you know, even up to a year is fine with me. You know, just make, make, make sure we've got everything under control. Um, But, you know, the, uh, you know, getting these good test results has not, has not prompted me to go back to the way I used to eat. If, if anything, it has pushed me harder to follow follow the 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 rule of the law <laughs> so to speak right so just yeah, you, you, mm. you don't have a choice no i don't because there's there's no option 
than uh, dying right. or losing a leg yeah. or going blind. Uh, my, just, my, my grandfather, no my grandfather, my papa on my father's side, he lost his leg to diabetes. That's um, right. I don't want that to happen and, to me. Right. And um, uh, you can only kid yourself. So anybody out there who's diabetic, if you think you can take an extra shot and go ahead and eat what you want, you're just kidding yourself. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. It does not work. I have friends who have tried that and they ended up dying. You yeah. just can't do it. No. No, it's bits. And, and, you know, and, it, it's, and it's just not worth it. No. And it's not worth the risk. Exercise. Mm. Yeah, exercise is imperative. They say that a half hour of exercise is equal to a shot of insulin. Okay. I could definitely get some more exercise in. I will not lie about that. Um, I could definitely do some more exercise. So, and you know, that that's something I need to work on. And I think as I'm losing weight, being able to do the exercise will get easier. That's one of the things that stops me because it's still so hard. Um, right. But, but it's getting easier. You know, as I've told you, Mom, when I first got out of the hospital and I'd go for my walks, just walking around the block here in front of my house, Tomoko and Opie, they would walk around in like four minutes, and it was taking me up upwards of a half hour to get around because, I, I you know, I'd walk 20 feet and I'd be out of breath. My heart would be beating out of my chest. My legs would be sore. My back would be sore. And I'd have to sit down and catch my breath, and I'd be sitting there forever. And uh, was what was it, Mom? About two weeks ago, I clocked in at five and a half minutes. I know. I'm so proud of you. So I'm, you know, I'm working it. I'm working it, baby. And I never said anything to you before because I think in the past I might have said a couple things about your weight. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it has to be you that does it. Um, and my nagging you wasn't going to cause you to. Sure. To stop eating, I'm, I can't watch you and make your food for you. It's sure, and 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 it, and it would have just pissed me off. It would have. It would have made you angry, and I just. Um, why didn't she leave me just, alone? <laughs> yeah, people have said to me, "Well, why didn't you say something to him before?" Because it wouldn't have helped. Mm. That's it true. Wouldn't have helped. Yeah, and that's one thing that we were talking about before. You know, like how we're alike or how we're not alike. You know that I'm very stubborn and. I'm, I, I, I would say that I am what you would call an alpha male. Right. I like oh, to be definitely. in charge and I don't like people exactly. telling me what to do. Exactly. And mom, you can, any school stories, uh, when I was in school about my mouth getting me in trouble. Oh, I have a great one. Go ahead. <clears throat> because I think I was always pretty strict with you and your sister. Don't you? Um, I wouldn't say you were okay. Well, no, but, when people when, when people use the word strict, that sounds like a real bitchy mother. You know, the real toe of the line. You were never that. I always thought you were very. And sorry, mom, don't cry. Um, okay. I always thought you were you were very loving. I've always loved you more than anything in this world. Um, right. And you, I always felt that you did the best for us that you could do. Uh, you were divorced. You were single. You were raising two kids. You were you had your studio. Um, guys, one thing I do want to say about my mom, she had a very successful dance studio. Uh, she's got students. I'm going to cry. Um, many students now that you, went on. Now you're going to make me cry. <laughs> um, many students that went on to do um, very good things as um, 
As a lot of you people know, um, Carmen Electra was an ex-student of my mom's. Um, I always thought my mom just did the best that she could do uh, with what she had, and I was a pain, and I could, and I could be a pain in the ass. You could, yeah. Mm. So anyway, sorry, mom, go ahead. Very heads. No, we have several who went on to Broadway. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So, well, of course, our studio was downstairs and we lived upstairs. Uh huh. And the entire front of the build on two sides was glass. Uh huh. And I had shades up, but I had them uh, turned in such a way that I could see outside, but people couldn't see in. Right. And I had an intercom system, remember, hooked up from upstairs to downstairs so right. that if you kids, if you were up there or if I, you were up there, I could call you or you could call me. Right. So a lot of times you spent time in the studio because of all the girls there and their leotards and tights. Oh, yeah. But, but many times <laughs> you would be upstairs with a friend or by yourself doing homework or watching TV while I was downstairs teaching. And um, so – I remember, uh, I have two stories. Okay. One night, I remember one afternoon, I saw you, you were supposed to be upstairs doing homework, and I saw you go past the studio. (laughs) I thought, he's not supposed to be out there. So I excused myself from class, had somebody watch it for me, and I went out, and I said, James, where do you think you're going? You're supposed to be upstairs. Now you come back here and go upstairs. So you came back. And it wasn't 10 minutes later, I saw you going past again. So <laughs> I had to go back and get you again. It was like, once you tell a child to do something, you have to make them do it. Right. Letting them get by with murder doesn't doesn't help. Sure. So I finally got you to stay upstairs. Um, my other best story is when um, you were in the ninth grade, you were a freshman, you came home. From school one day and said you had been suspended. Uh, seventh grade. Oh, it was ninth grade. No, seventh grade was, over at Gamble Junior was, High School. You're right. It was Gamble. Okay. Yeah, seventh grade. You yeah. I, I know exactly which story. Go ahead. Okay. You, you, were, you, were, you were the enemy of all my friends after that one. Yeah. You, yes. I became your friend's enemy. Right. I said, I mean, you were a great student. You got straight A's. Like, what are you doing getting suspended? Well, we were in a study hall, and, of course, you always were so funny. You had me laughing all the time. You were a great comedian, and you could impersonate voices and always had me in stitches. And I think that's what you were doing in study hall. (laughs) And the teacher asked you to stop. And I guess after the third time, you and a couple other boys, you were making them all laugh. The teacher became very disturbed. And decided that your punishment would be to suspend you. Mm -hmm. And you came home and I said, well, that's no punishment. Mm. Suspending so you can stay home and watch TV and make me responsible for your actions. Right. You know, I said, that just won't happen. So I called the school and I talked with the teacher and I explained the situation. And I said, you're not punishing him. You're giving him a release from his actions. And he said, well, what do you recommend? I said, well, make him read a book and do a book report or make him write two or 3,000 times. I will not Mm. 
act up in school or I will respect the, the boundaries or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he said, okay, send him back to school the next day. You were so angry with me. <laughs> so you went back to school and he gave you this, this uh, assignment. You came home and you were so angry and you said, this just isn't fair. Well, it is fair. So (laughs) this you'll remember. So you go in your room and you start writing and you did about 10 of them and you came out and you said, mom, you were so creative. Do you think the teacher would notice if I use carbon paper and did it like they they wanted me to write a thousand times? I will not maybe smoke in school or whatever it was. Okay. Yeah. Whatever it was. And I don't know if people today know or is or not but sorry mom that cut out carp yeah she said carbon paper go ahead yeah i don't know if people today know what that is we used to have use that to make copies Mm -hmm. you would put a piece of carbon paper between two pieces and whatever you wrote transferred onto the next so i think you used two or three pieces of carbon paper and you came and i said james look (laughs) if i were the teacher i would notice but your conscience will have to guide you. If I were the teacher and you came in with carbon paper, I would double your assignment. Mm. And I said, but let your conscience guide you. You know what's right and what's wrong. Well, you use carbon paper. <laughs> and when you took it into school, of course, the teacher recognized it was carbon paper and made you double it. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. So that's that's the way I handled situations, right or wrong. I uh-huh. don't know. Um, but I think you have to be responsible for your actions uh-huh. and and have a um, a um, what's the word? You have to have a punishment that will make you remember mm. what you did. Right, 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 right. Yeah, um, like I wasn't I wasn't a troubled student, but no, my mouth not. got me in trouble a lot. Right, because you thought you were funny. Right, and and I thought I was smarter than everybody. Right, teachers and everything. Teachers couldn't tell me anything. Right. I knew better than them. Do you want the story about your graduation yet, or will that come later? Oh, sure, go ahead. Okay, so you were going to graduate from high school, mm-hmm. and the principal came to you <laughs> and said, "James, please do me a favor." Yeah. Because apparently you had been a, a comic all the way through school. Mm-hmm. I was cla- I was voted class clown. You were voted class clown. Mm-hmm. So, so the teacher, the principal said, James, please do me a favor. Don't do anything to disrupt the the graduation ceremony. Mm-hmm. And you said, I won't, I promise. So during the ceremony, they announced at the beginning, actually, they announced when we announce someone's name to come up and get their diploma, do not applaud. We will have all the applause at the very end. Mm-hmm. So it goes through the A's, the B's, so on. Your last name is M. Mullins. So everything's quiet through the entire thing. So it comes to the M's. They name them all. And when they say James Mullins, the entire class stood up and cheered through their hats up in the air. Yeah. And James looked at the principal and, and motioned, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> right. Yeah, because even, even a lot of the parents, even a lot of the parents were up there clapping and yeah. 
Oh, the, the yeah, the people in the in the, in stands. the bleachers and the mm. yeah, and the um, graduating class. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I and I said to Always Mr. Rocky, I said I I had nothing to do with that. Don't don't blame me. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, uh, yeah, I was voted uh, class clown, and I was the prom king. Right, you yeah. were the most popular. You just everybody knew James. Well, you know, uh, I was talking about that with somebody the other night, and I've come to the, uh, I guess, the reason I was so popular in school, it's not that I'm super cool guy or anything like that. It's just I got along yeah. with everybody. Right. You have that type of personality. I've never, I've never been a bully. I've never picked on people. I, um, if somebody was getting bullied, I would stand up for them, and I never... Exactly. I never, you know, segregated classes or colors or anything. I just didn't care. Um, if if right. somebody you was were always everybody's friend. Yeah, if somebody was cool with me, I was cool with them. So I think I was the first long-haired prom king ever. You know, at that school. Right. You know, I you know, I had my long hair and everything. Yeah, and, and I think uh, when you went back to school a few years later and saw the principal and told him that you were a teacher, he was he was astonished. He couldn't believe it. Uh, well, no, 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 no. I went to my, uh, I went to my principal's house. Um, to the principal's house. That's yeah, I right. went, I, I went to, I went, well, I went out to the school and the principal had retired. So I got the phone book and I found out where she lived and I drove out to her house. Her husband had passed away. He was my principal when I was a freshman and sophomore. Um, right. so I went to her house and I haven't seen her in, well, probably 25 years at that time, 25, 30 years, well, about 25 right. years. Cause it'd be 30 years now. Um, uh, it was, you know, more than 20 years since I'd seen her and I knocked on the door and she opened the door and she says, Oh my God, Jim Mullins, how are you? <laughs> <And> so, uh, <laughs> I went in and sat down with her and we were talking blah, blah, blah. I filled her in that I'm living in Japan, blah, blah, blah. And then I told her, uh, I'm a school teacher now. And she said, well, <clears throat> she said it didn't really surprise her because I was always so great with people. And she thought that that, you know, being a teacher fit me perfectly. Um, and are you still there, mom? I'm still here. Okay. But I thought, it, so go ahead. And then, um, uh, then I told her that, you know, I, I apologized to her for any trouble that I may have caused when I was in high school. I said, you know, right. I'm, I'm working with students now and I can see, you know, I work with Japanese students, which, you know, aren't bad kids at all. But I, right. you know, I have troubles with them and I can just imagine, oh my God, you know, my mouth. And like I said, I wasn't a bad kid, but I was mouthy and. You were a disturbance sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Probably a disturbance is probably the better. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't start trouble. Yeah. I mean, no. It was more than, yeah. Being the, the class clown, the cut up guy. And, uh, and I just told her, I said, you know, I'm really sorry if, if I, um, if I, you know, cause you too much trouble. And she was like, no, no, no. She said, you were always a good kid. Um, yeah, so, uh, that was, that's, a and, and she just passed away recently. Did she really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, late last year she passed away. That's yeah. another trait that you have that I find admirable and your sister does too. You stay in touch with everybody you ever knew. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I don't have that. I tend to be more of a hermit than you are. I don't, um, 
I don't have a lot of real close friends. I'm very active and I'm, um, I know a lot of people, but I don't get personally involved uh, with them. Right, 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 I right. That it's, um, it's challenging to me. I tend to like to be alone more, I guess. Mm. I have fun when I'm out. Sure. Well, yeah. Okay, mom. Uh, moving forward. Uh, is there anything that you wish had been different between us or that you would still like to change? Wow. Now, for myself, I would say, well, we've had a big gap uh, of seeing each other uh, with me moving to Japan. Uh, right. Now, you had you had moved to Florida in the, in the mid-80s, and I was living... And I was, I went with you at first and then I came back, came back here. We don't need to tell that story. Um, right. <laughs> that was, well, you didn't, you didn't like Florida and you, you decided to go live with your father. There was nothing. Yeah. Um, but I took the real asshole way to get out of it. So, um, which I'm not proud well, of. That's, it, it worked out well. It's, I think, I think things happen the way they're supposed to happen. Right. So I got back to and Kentucky. I, oh, it go ahead, gave Mom. you a chance to really get to know your father too, because right. he was he hadn't been around for ten years. Right, just the weekends, you know, stuff like that. Right, and it wasn't every right. weekend either, because you know, because of his job. But, but yeah, no, I right. always felt very close to Dad. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, you what would would that have been? What eighty four? You moved to Florida. 84. Yes. Okay. And I went with you and I was there probably three or four months. And right. then I, and then I came back to, and I, I remember I came back around, I was Halloween when I came back because right. I actually have a picture of, uh, at Mamaw's house, which is my, my father's mother. Um, I was at Mamaw's house with, uh, Terry and Georgie were there. My uncle and aunt, my dad's brother and his yes. wife. And Logan was just a baby. And I've got a picture okay. of me holding him. And I was all suntan, you know, fresh suntan coming from Florida. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so anyway, I left Florida in October of 84. And right. we, you know, obviously we stayed in touch via telephone. And I would go down there in the summers or on vacations whenever we could. Right. Um, right. But, you know, there was, you know, there was a large gap of us not being around each other. Living, you know, separate lives, you know, staying in touch, but basically living separate lives. Um, and then I didn't really didn't see you until dad died. You came up for the funeral. Right. And I was dating Yuki at the time. She was my first wife. Um, that's no secret here on the here on the Mully's Place podcast. I've been married once right. before. Um, and that was the first time you met my my Japanese girlfriend. Right. And, um, then we came over here and had our wedding and you came over with, with Colin right. and you, we were here right. probably about a month, I would say. Yes. And then we went back to the States and six months later we were back here. That's right. And we've been here for 25 years. And unfortunately in that 25 years, I've seen you five times. That's it. Five, six times. If that. Um, right. So that, uh, I feel bad that we, that we didn't have all those years together, but at the same, you know, hmm. 
if you had lived in the states, you might have lived in yeah, California. I, I would have been in Cincinnati, or Cincinnati. Or, sure, sure. And we probably wouldn't have seen each other any more than we do now. Maybe we right. would have a little bit. Right. But you and I talk several times a week. Sure. Or, you know. Yeah, yeah, we've always stayed in touch. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. mean, um, that's that's probably my biggest regret. But then when I sit and rationalize it, I think, well, if he lived in another, I know people who have children who live in other states and they don't see them. Sure. Because, because of the distance sure. and the traveling. And yeah, because so I, I wouldn't live in I wouldn't live in Florida. That's for sure. No, um, no, you wouldn't. So. There is that gap as far as, you know, being together goes. But like you said, at the same time, I think that's another thing. You and I rationalize things like that, that exactly. We're, I think we're more realistic about those things. Right. But that's guys, right. the people listening here to the Molly's Place podcast, there is one thing I really want to say to my mom. I don't think I've ever said this to her, um, but she needs to know this. Um, my mother is a very, very beautiful woman. And. The thumbnail for this for this podcast will be a picture of my mom. She was probably about 35, 36 years old. Uh, do you remember, Mom? You were over at the over at the uh, uh, West was Westwood Town Hall getting pictures taken. Oh, that's right for a show. Yeah. Right, and uh, you're wearing shorts and a and a top, and you're posing. And guys, my mom is like a Hollywood model. I've, that's one thing that I've always been very, very proud of. Um, I've got a gorgeous mom. And now my mom is 70. You're 74 this year, mom? Yes. 74 this year. She doesn't look a day over 50. And that's the one thing that I that that's really made all of this time apart bearable is every time I see a picture of her, she looks the same as the last time I saw her. <laughs> she hasn't, she hasn't changed. There's, there's not a line on her face, you know? Um, how do you do, what is it, mom? Cause I don't have lines on my face either. What is that? You know, I think it's genetics. Um, uh, I've always taken care of my skin. I use moisturizer and, and I buy every cream that's available. Uh, but, but I think a lot of it probably is just genetics. Because uh. I can't imagine that that creams and uh, and so on could could really keep you from getting a lot of sagging skin and so on. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, because you don't have jowls or bags or crow's feet or no. anything. No, not I mean, yet. People, I show people, I show people your picture, and I say, "This is my mom from like last Christmas," and they're and I'm like, "She's 74." And they're like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, no, that's that's her. And guys, I am not exaggerating here. My mom is a beautiful woman, and I've always been very lucky. All of my friends were in love with my mom. Dude, your mom's hot. And I'm like, dude, that's my mom, you know? Um, <laughs> so, um, but, but, you know, mom, that's the one thing. Um, whenever, you know, when I was younger, when I was around, whenever we would go out, I was always proud to have you with me because you're such a gorgeous woman. Well, thank you, James. And thank you. Except sometimes when you go to the, it's sort of the supermarket and your sweatpants and your hair pushed up, but you know, <laughs> Don't we all do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Um, 
But yeah, mom. look like a boob star all the time. Yeah, my mom would always, I mean, she dressed to the nines, always had her jewelry on, always, you know, made up and hair done and everything. So yeah, I was always, uh, I was very lucky in that respect. <clears throat> and like I said, you guys look at the thumbnail at this at this episode, and you'll see you're like, oh Jesus, God, Molly, your your mom's gorgeous. Um, so I've been very lucky about that, you know, over the years. Go ahead, mom. You know, my mother used to say to me, "Now, when you go out, always wear clean underwear because you never know if you're going to have an accident." Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd have to go to the hospital. So I I always feel like. Don't ever go out of the house unless you're in full makeup and hair done and nice clothes on because you may end up in the hospital right. someplace. Hey, Mom, can you tell us the story where you were mistaken for a whore <laughs> when that cop pulled oh. you over? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, after all my years of teaching and doing choreography shows and uh, so on and so forth, um, I got to... The you know, I needed to do something because I had been a teacher down at the performing arts school, too. Um, I wanted to do something else in my life because I you can only choreograph shows on weekends and so on. Sure. So I decided that I wanted to be a gemologist. Mm -hmm. Because I love jewelry. So I went for, to work for a, a jewelry corporation and uh, ended up getting my gemology degree through them, uh, they paid for it and managed for them for over 15 years. It was Zale Corporation. Mm -hmm. So we used to have big diamond shows and um, two or three times a year. So my car was on the fritz. So I had to use this old card that we had at the house. I don't even know what we were doing with it. It was an old Datsun. Mm -hmm. and An old beat up Datsun. An old beat up Datsun. And I hated having to drive that for a couple of days, but I did. So anyway, we're having this diamond show, and I'm dressed in a sequin gown. And, of course, my hair was blonde and all fixed up, and I was had makeup on and all kinds of jewelry. So I'm coming home from the jewelry show that night. It was about 10 o'clock. <laughs> and um, I see a, the lights from a police car behind me, and I slowed down because I thought, oh, he want, needs to pass me to go catch somebody. But he kept following me. And I finally got the message that maybe he wanted me to pull over. Mm -hmm. So I pulled over. And a police officer came to the window. And it was a female police officer. And she was really rude. And she wanted my ID and so on. So I gave it to her. And I said, what did I do? And she said, shut up and put up your hands. And I thought, oh, my God. And I said, but I didn't do anything. She said, shut up and put up your hands. So I, I decided I'd better be quiet. So she writes me a ticket, and she gives it to me, and it, my taillight was out. Mm -hmm. And I said, do you mean to tell me this was all over a taillight? Mm. I mean, so police were no different then than they are today. Sure. Yeah, and you and you were and I were talking about that, you know, with the, the racial stuff that, you know, probably, you know, black people probably get it really bad. I think they do. Mm. And I think because my car had it and I said to, oh, the other thing I said to her, I said, I didn't know the taillight was out or I wouldn't have driven it. I said, are you supposed to get out 
and walk around your car and check it every time you get in it? She said, yes. Now, I don't believe that's the law, but mm. I, I didn't want to go to jail. Mm. Uh, but I think I was targeted because of the way I looked and the kind of car I was driving. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, she probably thought you were a hooker. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Oh, look, a call girl. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you know, I basically have a very similar story that Tomoko and I were pulling out of a out of a uh, out of a shopping center in northern Kentucky. We were sitting in a light. The light turned green. I no longer stepped on the gas. Then the lights came on behind me. It was uh, the police car. I hadn't even made my turn yet. So I made the turn. I pulled over to the side of the road, and the cop came up, and he went up one side and down the other. I'm surprised he didn't put a glove on me and do a cavity check. I mean, he was. He was just, he was really up inside of me. And I showed him, I showed him my international driver's license. Oh, he did not like that at all. Yeah. And what the hell is this? What's my driver's license? Where is it from? It's from Japan. And he's, he's looking at me like I'm lying. So I just kind of leaned back and I kind of pointed over to Tomoko. And I was like, well, here's my wife, you know. Um, And he was really climbing up my ass and being a real well he was being an asshole being really rude and i was wondering what in the hell did i do because i i i didn't even i hadn't even started moving barely turns out that in the united states on now we have to we have to say stuff like that mommy because we get we get listeners from all around the world Um, the world sure in the united states uh, the license plates on the cars have a have an insurance sticker that goes on on the on the license plate, and obviously this insurance sticker had run out. The rental car company had not put a new sticker on, and that's what he pulled me over for because the because the sticker had ex- had expired. And you know, I explained to him it's a rental car. We're on vacation. Blah blah. blah. Where are you going? What are you doing here? Blah blah blah. blah. Um, he was really 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 rude and. At the end, he said, you go get that damn thing fixed now. If I see you again, I'm going to lock you up. I'm like, over a sticker? Are you serious? Yeah, and let me clarify something. Mm. Our stickers here are, we have to re-register our cars every year. Uh-huh. And they give you a new sticker with the with the next year's date on it. So okay. it's not for insurance. It's for just registering. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and as a rental car... Is it my responsibility that that's up to date? And I don't think so. Well, and if you're a foreigner, you know, in from out of the country, you wouldn't even know that. Sure. And, you know, does anybody renting a car, do you walk around and look at the stickers? I mean, I do now because of that. But, you know, who who does that? And, and, and you know, like I, he could have easily said, sir, you know, could you, you know, we'd prefer that you go out and get this fit, taken care of. You know, and that's what I did. I went straight out there and did it. But, um yeah, that wasn't necessary. That wasn't necessary Yeah, so I do believe there are a lot of police officers who are just bad eggs. Yeah. And they've always, it, this is nothing new what we're seeing today. Mm. Just more people talking about it. And I think probably from back in the 80s, there are probably plenty of stories from back then, too. That sure. It just wasn't on the news like it is today. Sure. And we didn't have the internet back then. You know, the news didn't travel as quickly. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So this, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter uh, movement, uh, I think that should be called Black Lives Matter 2. Uh, we're not going to get to we're not going to get into that kind of stuff. But um, but you, you, you do have to kind of feel a little bit of sympathy for the black community because yeah. 
that kind of stuff happens. It really does. And, you know, if they're doing right, that right. To, to white people, you know, which, you know, can you imagine how black people get it, get it, get abused? Oh, yeah, it's, it's horrible. I well, I, I think the way you're dressed, sure. the way you look is a difference in how you're treated. Sure. Um, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move away from the political stuff. Um, sure. Okay. Okay. Two more questions, mom. Uh, okay. When did you realize that you were no longer a child? And the, 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 the meaning behind that is, um, like for myself, I'm 48 years old. I'm pushing 50 years old. But every time I talk to my mom, I feel like I'm 10. I still feel like a child when you're talking to me. Do you really? Oh, sure. Yeah, I don't feel like, I mean, I mean, I know I'm an adult. I know that. But you're still my mom. And I, yeah, I still feel like, um, you know, like I'm your child, you know? So, so your question is, when did you realize when, that you were out of the, uh, you know, out from under the wing? Well, when did you realize it? If you still feel that way when you talk with me? Well, I, well, I still feel like I'm a child when I'm talking to you. Um, no. so I have a, in, you know, well, here we go with reality. I mean, you know, there's not that many summers left and I think once you're gone, that will really kick it into me that, oh my God, you know, I'm the, I'm the next generation. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that that may be, um, something that, that everybody deals with. I think when my mother was alive and, and I would be with her. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I still felt like a child. I didn't feel like a separate adult, like I would with one of my friends. Mm -hmm. Sure, 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 I, sure. I never thought about it, but now that I think back, I think I felt that way too. Sure. I, I would not be, I would not be comfortable going out with you and having a drink. Yeah. I would not be comfortable drinking alcohol in front of you. I mean, I don't drink alcohol, and neither do you. But, <laughs> but you know, if we did go out to have a drink, I would, I don't think I'd be comfortable drinking alcohol in front of you. Well, that's interesting. <clears throat> well, I think that's a lot of respect, too. Mm, that's true. Yeah, I don't think I could have a beer with Colin either. And, you know, Colin's not a drinker either, but uh, no. the same thing. Yeah, I've never seen – you know, to be honest, guys, uh, growing up, I've never seen my parents drinking. One time, my dad had a couple beers at a July 4th party when we were camping out. Uh, dad drank two beers, and he was drunk off of that. Um, there was yeah. never any drinking around our family. No. None. No. <clears throat> no, okay. All right. Well, I guess the last question, Mom. Um, is there anything that you would have done differently as a mother? Is there anything I would like to wish had been different? Well, no, if you would, if you could go back and do it over again, is there anything that you would have done differently? I don't think there's anything. I think I did everything that I possibly could. I always mm. worked hard. I agree with and you. And saw that you and your sister had everything you needed and and got as good an education as you possibly could. Um I um I wish mm -hmm. that we had had the type of family where the mother and father hadn't gotten divorced and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, had that ideal, uh, be leave it to beaver type of family, but it didn't happen. And there was nothing I could do about that. Yeah. We were never a Brady bunch. 
Um, how, how, how old was I when you and dad divorced? I was like five, six, six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's not something I'm going to ask about because that's none of my business. Um, I think back in those, those days, I mean, it's, it's really nothing that your father did or I did, you know, I, um, I never dated. Mm Mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to have boyfriends. Right. It was it was all about going to dance school, taking piano lessons, sure. um, um, getting good grades, and no boys allowed. Mm-hmm. And he liked me, and it was I think it was a a way out. Hmm. You know, away from my house because when I was growing up, you stayed at home sure. until you got married. If you were thirty, you were still at home. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and I think I just wanted to get away, and I don't think that your father and I were compatible. Oh, okay, okay. And it fair was enough. just one of those things. That's fair enough, you know, because I, you know, I remember, you know, growing up, and uh, you know, I obviously I don't remember much of when you guys were still together. You know, like you said, I was right. six years old when you split up. So, I, I mean, I kind of remember that time we lived down in that apartment uh, that had the tennis courts. It was down on right. And, uh, that would have been well 74 because the tornadoes happened at that time, the 74 tornadoes. Um, so yeah, I was six years old. Um, but I always remember that you and dad always got along after you were divorced. Now I don't, you know, that could have been a, you know, just in front of the kids, but I don't remember you guys ever mincing words. You know, he would, there was no animosity. I'm sorry. There was no animosity. Yeah, like he would he would come to he would come to pick me up, and you guys would talk, blah blah blah. Uh, but you know, right. um, mom, this is something that uh, I don't think I've ever told you this. Um, Dad always told me that you were the love of his life. Oh Jesus! Yeah, well, you know, um, it is what it is, right? Um, it is. So God bless him. I know. So, but he, you know, my, and, and guys don't get the wrong impression. My dad was a great guy. He really was. Tell him mom. I mean, he was, he was, he really was. Yeah. I just, I was just never in love with him. Right. You know, um, we just had different backgrounds and, uh, different desires and, and, you know, Oh, okay. Well, one one of the earlier, one of the earlier, one of the first questions I asked you, mom, was in what ways do you think I'm like you? Um, On the other side, in what ways do you think I'm like dad? Oh, I think you're a chauvinist. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Me? Um, (laughs) You tend to have... Well, you are. I think you are. I remember when you were in Cincinnati one time, or in Florida, uh-huh. um, and you were with your wife. I had um, I had a milkshake or something, uh-huh. and I had lipstick on, and I think you wanted a drink or something, and I offered it to you, and you said, oh, that lipstick, and I said, well, something about he said, I would, you said, I would never let my wife wear lipstick. Uh, and I said, you wouldn't let her. Yeah, that's... Nobody lets me do any. And I think you have, uh, I think you have that 
personality trait that um, even though I know you have a great relationship with Tomoko, uh. she's a, I, and she may be much stronger than I think she is, but I think the, her culture tends to be more submissive than the American woman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that works out great for you. <laughs> but, and I okay, be wrong. but okay okay i want to make something very clear though like okay. um i would never let my wife wear lipstick that sounds like you know tommy lee jones and coal miner's daughter like i'm gonna smack her across right. the face if she does no no no. it was nothing like that it's just i just i just prefer women that don't wear makeup right yeah uh, it's nothing about i mean she wore lipstick there's nothing i could do about it i wouldn't you know i would just i would just say oh i don't like that you know i, I mean i wouldn't I wouldn't force my will on her, but yeah, I can see what you're saying. Maybe, maybe I do. I think, I think the, the submissive attitude of the Japanese woman probably does appeal to me. No, I know it does. I I know it does. But I do see traits in you that I really like. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you're very compromising with her. I know you always ask her opinion Mm -hmm. about everything that Mm -hmm. you do. Mm -hmm. And, um, because I listen to you when we're on the phone. Right. And, and I think that's great. I mm-hmm. think that's great. Yeah. Well, you know, we're a, a, you're a team. Yeah, we are a team. And I believe I learned some life lessons in my first marriage, you know, um, right. one story. I don't know if I've ever told you this mom, but, uh, one story, Tomoko really loves coffee and I right. cannot stand coffee. I just, even the smell of it nauseates me. Well, before we got married, uh, we had made our merit. We had made our wedding plans for the next spring. Blah blah blah. blah. And Tomoko said to me, she said, "Can I get a coffee maker for the apartment?" And I said, "No way." I said, "There's. I don't want to get up every morning and smell coffee in the house because I just I don't like the smell of it. And that's the last thing I want to. That's the last day. I, that's the last way I want to start my day. But then I started thinking right. about it, and you know." I'd already had one failed marriage (laughs) and I started thinking about it. And, you know, the realization came that, Hey, Molly, you know, the, the, a marriage is give and take, and there's going to be, you know, some parts that you're just going to have to, you're going to have to be patient with. So that Christmas before we got married, uh, one of the presents that I bought her was a coffee maker. And, you know, she broke down in tears, blah, 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 because, you know, I got her a coffee maker. And, you know, the only thing I asked her, I said, just do me a favor and put it near the window. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so, um, but, you know, Does and she, we've been, we've been, we've been married. A I'm sorry. Does she put it near a window? No. Um, so, okay. um, so we've, we've been married 11 years now, 11 years this year. And. I've probably bought her three coffee makers in that, in that time. Actually, I actually pushed, I actually pushed her to get the, the one that George Clooney advertises, the one with the little cup thing that you put in and it. Yeah. Yeah. The Keurig coffee maker. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I even, you know, I actually pushed her to get one of those. So, you know, I've bought her all her coffee makers and, you know, I'm the one that buys a new coffee maker when it starts getting old. I can tell it's getting old. And she won't go out and buy, she's like you, she's, you know, <clears throat> tighter than a, you know, she's more watertight than a frog's ass. And right. so I have to make the decision, well, she needs a new coffee maker and I'll go out and I'll go buy a new coffee maker. Oh, that's funny. 
So that's funny. And I've just found out, you know, over the 11 years now, I don't even notice the smell of it anymore. What, honey? I don't, I don't notice the smell of the coffee anymore. Good. Um, I, go. I still won't drink it, but, um, you know, she likes it and, you know, she's, you know, having, having her around is more important than anything, you know? Right. That's great. That's great. You know, as you said, you've met her and, you know, I know you love her to death and. I love her. She's great. <clears throat> yeah. She, she is the greatest. She is awesome. Right. All right, mom. Well, I want to thank you for, so, is, is there anything well, you wanted to add or? Well, I wanted to say Colin is here. Do you want to ask him anything? Oh my God. I didn't have any of those questions ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put him on. Yeah. yeah. He, he does. He's on the radio. So just. Yeah. Yeah. Jim. Hey Colin. How you doing buddy? Very well. All right. So uh, Colin, you and I go back well back to the mid eighties. Um, I want to thank you for being my stepfather for so long. You, I, you know, you know, I love you more than anything in the world. Um, <laughs> So, Colin, we were basically the little interview here. I wasn't prepared to ask you questions. This was more towards, you know, asking asking the mother. Uh, but, uh, Colin, when we when I first went to Florida with you guys, when you guys got married and you moved to Florida, and I went there with you, I remember you took me to school on my first day of school there, and you had told me to tuck in my shirt and tie my shoes. Cause that was, you know, the fashion thing was to wear the shirt tails out and have your two shoes untied. And I think I got oh. really, I think I got really, really belligerent with you about that. And, uh, I, I don't think... go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't recall Jim, but, uh, I, uh, and if the situation needed it, I probably did say that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we were, we were going in to meet the principal or something for the first time you were going to enroll me in the school. And, uh, well, I wanted you to make a good impression. <laughs> right. And I, th I think I got belligerent with you. So, you know, I apologize for that. <laughs> um, even though you don't remember it, I, I apologize for it. Um, but, uh, Colin, how do you, uh, how do you see, uh, what, 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 uh, uh, similarities do you see between me and my mom? Um, you're both very intelligent. Oh, thank you. Your 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 mother uh, is is uncanny uh, in her ability to to get involved in a situation and take charge and and uh, run it uh, in the correct direction mm -hmm. and solve the problem. Uh, and uh, and I I. I see that same trait in you. Mm. Uh, it, it, fortunate for you, you you inherited her her intellect, mm. <laughs> I, I, humor, <laughs> oh, she, and her humor. Oh no, there's um, uh, she's she's very strong, very strong. Yeah, uh, she is. She definitely opinionated is. and doesn't take uh, doesn't take. Uh, much uh, doesn't make much doesn't take much shit off of anybody. Okay, you got it. <laughs> now, let, let me. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Okay. Uh, does the Japanese man 
get on the bus or the train and and sit and let his wife stand is that still in existence over there and and if so uh, do you sit or do you stand when your wife gets on the bus okay um i believe in japanese culture a lot of guys still do sit down um but i don't think it's as bad as it used to be it's still a fairly male dominated society here uh-huh. Uh, but you see with the younger people, uh, like you see people holding hands now, uh, what, something that you do see a lot of is people sitting there, you'll have an old lady standing up and nobody stands up to give her a seat. You'll see that or a pregnant woman standing there and nobody will give up, nobody will stand up to give her a seat. Um, that's kind of, yeah, that's something I, I don't deal with very well. If I'm on the train, I'll, you know, if I'm standing there, I'll, you know, kind of nudge the person and, you know, motion towards the pregnant lady or whatever, you know, let them sit, let her sit down. And, you know, when I do that, they'll be, oh, oh sorry. And they'll stand up and give her the seat. Or, you know, if, if I'm sitting down and somebody gets on, I'll stand up and get off. Uh, as far as me sitting down and Tomoko standing, uh, it does happen that I sit down and she stands. But the reason behind that is uh, I've put on so much weight that, it hurts my back to stand up for a long periods of time. Right. So, so she allows me to, she allows me to have the seat so I don't suffer. Um, well, if, if it wasn't for that, no, I, I would definitely, definitely change, change places with her for sure. Good, good answer. Good answer. Uh, <laughs> but that, uh, that characteristic of, of the Japanese male, mm. uh, I still re I still remember that from many years ago when I was there. Mm. Well, well, you know they've got the you've got you've got the image of the Japanese male walking three three steps in front of the wife. Um, uh, well, you still see very common uh, the the husband walking in front of the wife like a, a fair distance in front of her, especially with older people. Um, and you'll also see like going into a restaurant when they're finished eating the husband will stand up and go outside as the wife goes to pay for everything. Really? Yeah. And he'll wait out in the car. That's or, very mm, interesting. Mm. And like I said, that's, that's, that's more at the older generation than the younger generation. I think the younger generation's coming around to, um, not, not, not being so, no, so chauvinistic. Yeah. Conversely, I, I recall, uh, back in the, the Korean War mm -hmm. and uh, in Vietnam, the uh, the man let the wife walk in front of him hmm. because uh, let her take let her take the bullet. There were there were so many uh, landmines <laughs> that the man let the wife lead the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you serious? I'm serious. Oh my God. No, that would, no, 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 no. You know, one thing with, with Tomoko and myself, whenever we go in someplace, like if we're going, if we have to use steps, um, I let her go up before me. And when we're leaving, I go down before her. And the reason we do that is in case I fall, I don't hurt her. Interesting. Or if, if she falls, I can catch her. Um, you know, if she falls down from behind me, she's not big enough to knock me over. Right. Right. 
considerate. Very considerate. Uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely do not let her. <laughs> I don't let her go up steps behind me, and I don't let her come down in front of me. Uh uh-uh. uh. Now that reference, that reference I made, I want to clarify, it wasn't mm. Japanese men. It was men of those respective companies, mm. the country. Right. Yeah, so uh, yeah, with with Tomoko and myself, we've got that, and also when we walk on the street, I tend to walk on the outside, on the street side, and let her take the inside. In case in case any cars come up on the come up on the sidewalk or anything, let me take it instead of her. Um, uh, very appropriate. Yes, I would. Yeah, I think. Um, no, I don't think I know. I would. I would I would take a bullet for her and I would I would kill for her. You know, just this uh you know, she's 5 years older than me. Statistically, I'm going to go before her. But you never know and oh my god, I don't think I'd survive if she if something happened to her. Yeah, well, it's uh it's a great to have a lot part of, of your body now. Mm. It's great to have Well, you know, every yeah. once in a while you'll you'll hear these stories of somebody of a couple, an old couple, you know, up in their 80s or 90s. They've been together for 70 years, whatever. And, like, the husband died, and then 12 hours later, the wife died or, you know, whatever. And, oh, my God, I, I hope that's the I, – I don't even want the 12 hours suffering without her. I don't – I the, the 12 hours is too long. Wow. He's that's very interesting. They have a relationship yeah, like that. Well, it, and, and it just shows your uh, – you are one, as they say. Yeah, we definitely are. We definitely are. Um, like I said, you know, we, we've been together 11 years. We don't fight. We, I mean, we get little arguments here and there, but it's nothing, nothing ever big. Um, you know, stupid stuff, you know, that don't That's mean right. anything. We're best friends. We love to do everything together. I don't, I, I don't go out by myself. I don't go out with the guys. You know, I don't want to. I, I don't want to go anywhere without her. And there have been times in the past when, she, like, when I was playing pool regularly and I was going to the pool hall every night, there'd be, you know, maybe she was sick and or she couldn't go for some reason. And I would go to the pool hall by myself and people would be like, where's Tomoko? Where's Tomoko? If, if I ever show up without her, people always ask me, where's Tomoko? Yeah. Because <laughs> we're just, we're always together. One expect to see the I other. Tell him that's the way we are. Mm. We know how fortunate he is yeah. to have mm. your your mother and I are very similar, right? In our behavior. Sure, yeah, I know. I've I've known you guys for a while. <laughs> yes. Now, guys, uh, one thing I want uh, to the to the to the people listening to this, uh, my stepfather Colin, um, he's uh, one of my inspirations of playing guitar. I mean, obviously, I started playing guitar because of Eddie Van Halen. And Colin, you know, you're no, you're no Van Halen, but you, you, you play, you play fairly well. And I remember when you were dating my mom, uh, I think we were down in Florida visiting and you had pulled out the guitar and you sang the Willie Nelson song, uh, uh, angel with a broken wing. What, what's it called? Angel flying too close to the ground. Right. Angel flying too close to the ground. And I remember you playing that song and really, really impressed me. Um, it impressed me so much that all these years later, if you had not have fallen, 
I would not have found you. Angel flying too close. Right? <laughs> Is that his voice? The Is that his voice? That's me. Yeah, you're good james thanks mom you're biased i suck um but you know i learned i learned to play that song because of you and um well interesting yeah interesting. that that's always stuck around i thought that was <laughs> this is going to sound so sappy but when you when you did that i thought man that's probably one of the most romantic things i've ever seen wow just you know just wow. sing you know singing singing to the to the woman to, to your lover you know he still does it. That's <laughs> yeah, and I do it too. Uh, I do it with Tomoko. Sure. That, but uh, I've always been a uh, uh, sentimental character, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, the lyrics of that song and the melody uh, did impress me when I first heard it. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Colin, you you you've been a um, you've been a big inspiration to my life. I cannot I cannot discount that whatsoever. Um, I I think there you know quite quite a few traits that I picked up off of you. Um, I've tried to I've tried to stay calm when when things get heated because you know that's that's one thing about you. You hardly ever get angry. I don't think I've ever seen you get pissed. Um, well, <laughs> guys, you work. you know, guys doesn't work getting angry. <clears throat> doesn't fix anything right um guys you know how like if you're if you're working on a car or something you got these little tiny parts and little screws and bolts and all this and it's hot and sweaty and you know florida heat and the humidity and you're doing this and you just want to scream and you know because you know maybe the the bolt won't go on or something and colin just sits there and just plugs away like you know nothing's happening and i'd be jumping through the roof you know um oh, Closer. Anger, <clears throat> anger is pain. I don't like pain, so I anything that's painful, I try to avoid. <laughs> right. Well, Colin, you, you, I, I've told you, right? Um, the first time I met Tomoko, she said she wanted twelve inches with pain, so I screwed her three <laughs> times and punched her in the mouth. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> excuse, excuse me. Uh, that's, uh, that's that's what got you in so much trouble at school, James. Right, exactly, right? Yeah. Yeah, cuz I, you know, I would tell I would tell jokes like that to my teachers, you know. And they would say, "Oh, you're so ornery." A lot of that stuff I'd got away with, you know. I know. We used to have fun, didn't we? Uh-huh. We did it. Yeah, I was uh I was outside one of my classes one time. It was my history class. And I was messing with my friends and I think I said F you to somebody or something. And I said the F word. Um, and my teacher was standing inside the doorway and she heard me. And she called me into the room and she said, um, she said, Mr. Mullins, she said, profanity is a lack of vocabulary. It's a lack of a way to express yourself. And I never forgot that. And, I, you know, I, I, I still use profanity. Um, but she did, she really did make me think, you know, the certain times, yeah, it, it doesn't, you know, it's not called for, for sure. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a good example of how someone can teach you a lesson without 
uh, severe punishment or degrading you. Yeah, you know, she 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 appealed to my intellect. You know, right? Uh, it was more in you know insulting my intellect more than anything. You know, and it was like, oh, oh wait a minute, yeah, that's that's not me. I'm smarter than that. Um, and uh, there's one thing. She, <laughs> I still remember this very clearly. I don't know why I remember this little phrase, but she would say something in class and I would say, really? And she'd say, you have the audacity to doubt my veracity and dare to insinuate that I would procrastinate. (laughs) 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 And, and she was the one, uh, mom, you're going to, you're going to know this all the way. And I don't know if I've ever told you this one, but, uh, we had to learn the presidents and each week we would learn. We had to learn like five or six presidents or whatever, and we'd have to learn their issues and you know the years they were in office, who their their vice president was, blah blah blah. Um, right. Go through the entire the entire list, but each week we would have a test, and she she said to me when when she started, she said, "I want you." She says, "I know you can do this." She said, "I want you to get a hundred percent on 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 all of these tests," and she said. If you get 100% on the test, I'll give you something. And she wouldn't tell me what it was. So the first test, I got 100%. And, you know, I I studied and I got 100% on the test. And she gave me back my paper and it had a sticker, like uh, like one of them puffy 3D stickers of David Lee Roth doing the flying kick splits in midair off the drum riser. You know, and... And David Lee Roth was like God to me at that time. And so she knew it. So each week I got a new Van Halen sticker on my test paper if I got a hundred percent. And I got and I got the the whole collection. <laughs> Do you still have it? No. No, I don't have any I don't I don't have anything from, from back then. I've got uh two what, yearbooks and that's it. What grade were you in then? Oh God. Tenth? Did she know that you liked Van Halen? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was... Interesting. Mm, yeah, I was Van Halen crazy. Some little sticker like that would give you an incentive to... You could out and bought them. Yeah, right? Yeah, and well, now, yeah, right? Now that now I see that, but when you're, you know, you're 16, wow, she's right. going to give me a Van Halen sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Smart teacher. Right? And it wasn't just a regular right. sticker. They were them puffy ones, you know? Yeah, very, very oh, cool. All right, guys. Well, I want to thank both of you guys for joining me tonight. And uh, let's see here. Um, the way the way I do this is uh, at the end, I'll say this is Molly. And then you guys, uh, uh, Colin, you say this is Colin. And Mom, you say this is Mom or whatever. And then I'll do the sign off, okay? Okay. Okay. All right. So, All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to the Molly's Place podcast this week. I want to thank my mom and my stepfather for joining me. Um, as usual, if you're wanting to keep up with us via social media, you can find all links to everything, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, blah, 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 over at www.mullysplace.com. That's M-U-L-L-Y-S place.com. I'd also like to request that if you're enjoying the podcast and if you have an extra second, please go over to iTunes and leave a rating and a comment for us. Uh, more ratings will help us move up the proverbial ladder. Um, now, we'll never be number one, but it's better than scraping the bottom. Uh, we are also available uh, for download at Stitcher Radio, if you're not a fan of iTunes. And you can also listen for free and download at www.mullysplace.com. 
So we will wrap up this week. This is a, a special edition with my mom and my stepfather. Uh, this is Molly. This is Colin. And this is your mom. Keep it between Love the, you. Oh, keep it between the lines.